The following resource is brought to you by Real Life Community Church in Richmond, Kentucky. We hope you're both challenged and encouraged by this message. Good morning, Real Life Church. Good morning. Hey, I uh, was thinking this week, well, how do I, how do I uh, welcome our time together today? Do I tell a joke? I prayed about that. And I clearly heard the word of the Lord said, no, don't tell a joke. You're not a joke teller. Just be yourself. And uh, so this morning I just come because I'm on a mission. Are you on a mission this morning? Come on, the louder you get, the better I preach. So come on. Amen. All right. So I believe this morning that the Holy Spirit wants to do something in your life. So if you'll turn to somebody close to you this morning and say the Holy Spirit wants to do something in your life, do it real quick. Amen. He wants to do it. If you came to church this morning, you know, with the, with the thought in your heart that uh, I'm just coming to church and I'm going to go home afterwards, I pray this morning that God just radically, radically touches your life this morning. I appreciate Pastor Chris and Miss Nikki, and I am not a bishop. He just thinks that's funny. And um, so I appreciate that today. But uh, I just want to come and just say I'm just a servant that loves the Lord. I'm going to do my best to preach God's word and let the Holy Ghost change your life. Amen. He's here to change your life. And uh, I'm going to try to preach as good as Pastor Chris, but neither of us can preach as good as Connor. So uh, we're going to do our best and we're going to leave the rest up to the Lord. Amen. Amen. So this morning, I want to tell you how many know that the devil will try to shake you up even on your way to church. He'll use the traffic in Lexington. He'll use the, the backed up McDonald's lines. He'll use the gas light that comes on about 30 miles before you're supposed to get to your exit. He'll use all those kinds of things to detract you from your mission. Amen. And I just want to say today, I love the Lord with all my heart. I've been serving Jesus faithfully since I was 19. I was one of those pastor's kids who got saved four times every year at camp. Anybody? Y'all know what I'm talking about, right? Finally at 19, I gave my heart to the Lord at the bedside of my waterbed. Anybody old enough to remember those, right? Amen. Noah and the ark, right? Love it. It's good stuff. But I gave my heart to the Lord, and I said, God, I'm just tired of being a yo-yo with you. If I'm going to give my heart to my Lord to, to you for the 50,000th time, I want it to stick this time. And so we've been serving the Lord. I met, I met my wife, um, you know, a couple years after that, and uh, she always said she was going to marry a pastor. And I told her, I said, you married the wrong person because I know what that's about, and I don't have any desire to do that. And I knew what God had placed in my heart, but we had been wrestling, and God wins every time. Amen? And uh, so we're serving the Lord in Owensboro at Ignite 360 Church and uh, endeavoring to, to be faithful. How many know that God doesn't care how big your house is, how big your bank account is? He measures success and faithfulness. Can somebody say amen this morning? Amen this morning. Amen. So I got 30 minutes and I brought my short sermon and it's about 55 minutes. So we got to get started today. Go with me to uh, Matthew chapter 3 today. And I want to speak to you for a few minutes on the title of Let It Be Done. How many know that as Christians, our lives are not our own? Amen. Amen. 
Remember, the louder you get, the better I preach. Amen. We're in a Pentecostal church, right, Pastor Chris? Amen. I had a guy come to my church last week. He was my neighbor. I've been trying to get him into church for a while. And he's been going to a Baptist church. And he called me up this last week. And he said, he said, you know, I know I've asked you this many times before, but does your church have gas? I don't know how you would respond to that, but I pushed back the temptation. And I knew what he was talking about because we'd had the same conversation for a long time. He said, I've been going to a Baptist church and they're just kind of dry. And I remember, you know, I was in St. Louis and I went to a Pentecostal church and they had gas. And I really liked it. He says, does your church have gas? I think from time to time we do. What I said. <laughs> I said, I don't know. It's kind of, why don't you come and smell it? No, I didn't say that. I, it's okay to laugh in church. It's all right. God has a sense of humor. Look at y'all. Amen. All right. <laughs> so he came last Sunday. Praise God. Now, this, my neighbor, is a functioning alcoholic who cannot remember that he talked to me the night before. He came to church. He sat on the front row with my father-in-law last Sunday. And I just watched him as he smiled from ear to ear the whole time. And he texted me that after church Sunday. He says, I like it. Your church has gas. <laughs> and I said, we got the Holy Ghost, if that's what you're talking about. Let it be done. Matthew chapter 3. We're going to break this up into two sections this morning. We're going to start out with, with uh, verse 13 this morning. But I want to just ask you or start out with this. In my life this morning, recently, there's one, that, there's one of these individuals that I want to talk to us real quick about as I begin this morning that all of us would know. Number one is, is uh, Billy Graham. Everybody in the room would probably know who he is, right? One of, they call him America's pre- pastor, America's preacher, all right? And uh, we know his life, we've watched his life, we've seen the works that he's done. There's another guy that probably most of you in here do not know, and his name is Paul Conger, recently at 64 years old, Pastor Chris says, serving Jesus as a full-time evangelist missionary for 25 years, died in Peru preaching. In Paul's life, this is what his life looked like. I met Paul when I was 21 years old. I was a Sunday Christian at best. Had a relationship with the Lord, but it wasn't strong. And he preached at me. I don't know if you've ever felt like that before. You know, you go to church and the preacher just preached at me as if he knew my life. But, you know, I don't know any of your lives this morning, but the Holy Spirit knows your life. Amen. And so I went up to him because I was raised Nazarene. I wasn't raised Pentecostal. I went up to him after service that first night, and I was weirded out because I had been going to the church for a while. My wife was Assemblies of God. I didn't know what that meant. All I knew was my parents said, stay away from those people. Okay. And so I had never seen any crazy stuff until then. But that night at that revival service, people started getting slain in the spirit. I seen people healed. I seen people get saved. I've seen people get baptized in the Holy Spirit. So obviously I was like, man, if this is of Jesus, I want some. Amen. So long story short, I started to read scripture that night and pray. Went back the next night and got radically filled with the 
presence and power of the Holy Ghost. And God just moved us into an Assembly of God ministry, uh, his ministry, but in the Assemblies of God church through Paul. And Paul is this. He is totally committed that from day one that I knew him until the day that he passed away, Paul was committed. Paul quit his full-time secular job making six figures plus because God said, hey, I want you to go full-time into evangelism. What did that mean for Paul? That means he left his job with no idea of how to pay his rent or his mortgage to pay his car payment. He slept in his truck for many years because he couldn't afford uh, the hotels and the churches he was going to, couldn't afford to pay for the hotels. And he ministered to, to the people faithfully. He depended on the Holy Spirit the whole way. How many of you know this morning in our own lives, you can't do it, right? You've got to do it under the power of the Holy Spirit. You've got to be dependent on the Holy Spirit. One thing that I know about Paul that I can say about him with a, with a, a true heart today is that Paul never wavered. He never wavered. I knew, just like Pastor Chris and I have talked, we, we face hard times. You face hard times in life. He never wavered from the mission. He did things like this. He, he Again, he slept in his car. He preached often in, in many countries and sometimes revivals where he would preach eight times a day. I find it difficult anymore to preach one good sermon a day. A squirrel can find a nut every once in a while, right? But he would preach eight plus times a day. He would preach all over the world. He built four girls' homes in India where they have now rescued over 400 girls from sex slavery in India where he would go into the brothels and into the red light districts of Calcutta and, and Bombay and literally pull young girls as young as two years old out of dog cages stacked up in the basement. He built churches and Bible schools in Peru, built, built a uh, battered woman's shelter here in the U.S. He did ministry to Native Americans on reservations. His prayer was that he would be faithful and fully committed and his desire was, was to die in the pulpit. He died on the, in the jungles of Peru preaching. His body laid in Peru for three weeks while it waited to be tr- moved to the United States where his family had to have his memorial service without his body. Fully committed. We look at people like Billy Graham. We know a lot about his life. Billy Graham preached the gospel for over 60 years. I don't know if you know these couple of statistics about his life, but he preached to over 250 million people in live audience. 250 million people around the world. He wrote more than 33 books and he served Jesus faithfully from the age of 17 till the day he died at the age of 99. I don't know what you call that this morning, but I call that fully committed. I call that sold out for the mission of God. Amen? And so this morning, we are, I don't know if you understand this, I'm sure you do, because Pastor Chris, I'm sure, preaches it. But we are to mirror our Savior. Amen? We are to be imitators of the Lord Jesus Christ. And I want to tell you this morning, if there was anything Jesus was, there's a ton of things. He was fully committed. He was fully committed. I want to look this morning with you. In Matthew chapter 3, verse 13, go there with me and let's read through 15 this morning real quick. Then Jesus came from Galilee 
to the Jordan to John to be baptized by him. John would have prevented him saying, I need to be baptized by you. And do you come to me? But Jesus answered him, let it be so. For thus it is fitting for us to fulfill all righteousness. Then he consented. This morning, as we look to the life of Christ, we must never waver. If there's anything that Christians are, they should be steadfast in their commitment to the Lord. Let me ask you a question this morning. Where are you on the committometer? I created that word. Where are you this morning on the committometer? In other words, where is your life in Christ? Are you fully committed? Are you sold out? Are you about his mission? Are you willing to lay aside your own purposes, your own challenges, your own desires, your own picture of what retirement looks like to follow Christ? We as Christians this morning, as we look to these scriptures, we must never waver. Let's let's endeavor to understand a little bit this morning what was being said to the, the original hearers of this text this morning. We look to it and we see that Jesus identified himself with the very people that he had come to save. He identified himself as people would have seen baptism in that day. They would have, number one, looked at baptism as identifying. And Jesus, you know, John points it out to us this morning. He says, I don't need to be, you don't need to be baptized. I need to be baptized by you. In other words, he was already had recognized there's something different about Jesus. He felt the, the Holy Ghost on him. Whatever you want to say this morning, he understood that there was something different about Jesus. But the people who were there, now there's debate. Were there people there? Where Was it just John and Jesus? You know, all these things. But it doesn't really matter this morning. The thing is that Jesus identified with those that he was coming to reach. He was identifying in the commitment. See, baptism is this this morning. It is saying, hey, I am not going to be wishy-washy anymore. I am going to be fully committed. So they would have also understood this. That baptism was a total submission to the plan of God, set apart solely for his purpose. They would have seen baptism as saying, hey, look, he has left his job. Hey, he has left his his call, whatever, you know, place of, of living. He's left his home. I haven't lived at home since I was 19 years old. I haven't lived in the same state as my parents since I left my home as I waved to him as I had the waterbed packed up in the back of a 1978 Ford F-150 that I wasn't for sure if it was going to make it to Colorado. And it didn't. It died about three-quarters of the way through Kansas. But you see, Matthew revealed Jesus as having been totally submitted to the plan of God set apart solely for His purpose. You see, through baptism, Jesus was publicly demonstrated that he was set apart for God's purpose this morning. I want you to want you to understand this morning, you and I are set apart for his purpose. Amen. We often look at Jesus and say, well, that's Jesus's job. No, that's the church's job. That's your and my job today, which is to follow after Christ. 
So they would have understand, hey, as Jesus was baptized, as he was publicly baptism, that he was demonstrated, that he was set apart. His baptism was a foreshadowing of the work that he was coming to accomplish on the cross. He was coming to to bring people from death into life. He was coming to bring people from chains into freedom. He was coming to show them that, hey, there is a better way. So his baptism this morning, as they would have understood it in that time, it was a changing, it was a redirection, and it was also a foreshadowing of what he had come to accomplish on the cross. I want you to understand this morning, as we look through the Scriptures, God never wavers. We look through all of the Old Testament and New Testament, and oftentimes we say, well, the Old Testament, you know, what relevance does that have for my life today? Well, listen, God's book is a story from Genesis 1 to Revelation 22. And in Deuteronomy chapter uh, 7, verse 9, it says this, and I want to read this to you just real quick. Deuteronomy chapter uh, 7, verse 9. It says, know therefore that the Lord your God is God, the faithful God who keeps covenant and steadfast love with those who love him and keep his commandments to a thousand generations. Come on, somebody say amen this morning. We serve a God who says, listen, in spite of your screw ups, in spite of your life, in spite of what you thought this morning when you got up, despite on the wrong turns that you made this way this morning, he is fully committed and he will never waver from the covenant and commitment that he's made with his people. He says, I'm the God who is faithful. If you want to understand something about God this morning, if you come away with nothing else, understand this. God is faithful to you and to purpose and the mission that he has called us to today. Some might say, well, does that mean after a thousand generations, does he stop being faithful? No, that's just a metaphor for that God will never back down. He will never waver. He will never stop being committed. He will never stop pursuing the mission until it's finished. You see, God is unlike other gods and other kings. We see in the Old Testament, and we even see some of our leaders today, don't we, how they've pledged to do things, and, and after a while or even after a short time, they, they have lost their commitment to that. And we look and we see that, that you know, the other gods, kings, and things, they, they would quickly forget about their promises. They, they were faithful and committed as long as it was good for them, as long as there was something in it for them. But the God that we serve is not like that. Those other gods, those other kings, they abandon people. They give up when you don't do right. They lose patience. Aren't you thankful for a God this morning who is patient with you? Amen? If there's something that I thank God for in prayer time all the time, is I say, God, thank you for being patient with me. Thank you, God, because, you know, I'm like the disciples and you are, too. So before you start throwing those spears this morning, I want us to understand that we are hard headed people. Jesus often looked to the disciples and said, haven't you got it yet? I think he thinks that with me sometimes. I'm so thankful that he's not like those others who abandon when we do wrong, who give up when we don't learn 
I'm so thankful that God isn't out to be self-seeking. He's not out to, to build his coffers in his kingdom. He's out to build souls and rescue them from the hand of the devil. He is a God who never wavers. Somebody say amen this morning. So how do we respond to that this morning? We have to stay the course. I don't know about you, and I'm sure that I'm not alone in this room today, but there are times where I say, hey, you know what? I feel like giving up today. This side has been there. Thank you. You side over here, you're super spiritual, and I know that you have never faced difficulties. (laughs) But we have to stay the course. We have to stay submitted ourselves fully to God's purpose. As they were looking and seeing Jesus' baptism, they would have seen that it was, you know, they would have understand baptism at that time as a, as a purifying baptism. But we know that John was preaching a baptism of repentance. That Jesus was coming. He was bringing repentance, but he was also bringing life and he was bringing the empowerment of the Holy Spirit. So as we look to be fully committed like Jesus was, we look into our lives, we say this this morning, we must be committed committed in public as well as we are in our private life. Come on, I'm just going to come over here and preach to this side because this side hasn't got it yet. Holy Ghost, open their minds over here. And Jesus said, I just prophesied Luke 24 over your minds as Jesus looked at his disciples and opened their minds so that they can understand or do it over here in Jesus' name. I'm teasing. Y'all don't come come back next week, okay? In spite of what I do, Pastor, let him come back. Hallelujah. Like Jesus, our commitment must be public. Anybody can live for Jesus in the in the shadows. Anybody can live for Jesus on the sit them days. But not everybody can live for Jesus when others look at them. Can you imagine it? Our Savior on the cross. While we were yet sinners. Oh. (laughs) Come on, if there's any scripture that gets me. While we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Hallelujah. If, If you really got that in your heart this morning, this place should erupt with praise today. Because while you were yet in your sin, the Word of God tells us that Christ died for you and He died for me. Hallelujah! He's a faithful God who never wavers and He's fully committed to the mission. You see, you and I have to own this commitment. In the biblical times, and even now, in nations and places around this world. I want you to understand this morning, church, hear us. This body of Christ is an international body. It is an intergalactic body. If you didn't, right? We're associated with those who are in heaven. Is he going Star Wars on us? What's he doing? We are an intercontinental and an intergalactic uh, body of Christ this morning. And there are people who even today are being martyred for their faith. And sometimes in those countries where Muslims and others are coming to faith, that means that they lose everything. And oftentimes, that means that they give their life. Baptism was a full commitment. It was a public confession. You and I have to never waver 
we must own our commitment with, with God. And our commitment this morning must be unwavering. I want to read to you this quick quote by Winston Churchill from his great speech on June the 4th in 1940 in front of the British Parliament. He says, we shall go... We shall go on to the end. We shall fight in France. We shall fight on the seas and oceans. We shall fight with growing confidence and growing strength in the air. We shall defend our island, whatever the cost may be. We shall fight on the beaches. We shall fight on the landing grounds. We shall fight in the fields. And we shall fight in the streets. We shall fight in the hills. We shall never surrender. As he shouted. And even if, which I do not for a moment believe, this island or large part of it will will be subjected and, and starving. And then the empire beyond the seas armed and guarded by the British fleet would carry on the struggle. Until in God's good time. The new world, with all its power and might, set forth to rescue and the liberation of the old. Winston Churchill looked at his fellow comrades in the parliament that day, and he says, whatever it takes, we will fight. We will never surrender. To the bloody last bit, we will go on. And I didn't mean that in a reference other than it was just bloody. Some of you go there and you understand some of that. You might, he just cussed. No. Come on, get with me this morning. He says, we will never surrender. We will never surrender. Let's look at verse 16 this morning. Chapter 7. And you shall consume all the peoples. Actually, I'm sorry. Let me go back. Verse 16. And when Jesus was baptized, immediately he went up from the water. And behold, the heavens were opened to him. And he saw the Spirit of God. Descending like a dove and coming to rest on him. And behold, a voice from heaven said, This is my beloved son with whom I am well pleased. Don't you long to hear that from the Lord this morning? Don't you long to cross over into heaven and say, Well done, good and faithful servant. Don't you long to cross the finish line and say, man, I have finished the race. Don't you long to cross the finish line this morning and say, I never surrendered. Hallelujah. This morning we are interdependent this morning. We are interdependent this morning. Look at this this morning. Matthew revealed that Jesus, he revealed Jesus's humanity in his baptism. By demonstrating his need for the Holy Spirit's power for ministry in which he was entering. Some of us think, well, Jesus, he was fully God. Yes. He was fully man. Yes. And he identified with us. You see, he identified with us not just in baptism. He identified with us in our humanity. You and I, look, Jesus was limited In his ability to do ministry, he needed the power of the Holy Spirit. And Matthew reveals that this morning to us. He was limited. He was dependent on the presence and the power of the Holy Spirit. He also shows us here, as we see other times in Scripture, the unity. 
that is going on. At this moment, at Jesus' baptism, we see the, the triune God functioning in unity. Church, if there's anything else that you and I should imitate today, it should be the unity of the body of Christ. Amen. In Jesus' baptism, we see the Father, we see the Son, and we see the Holy Spirit. So Matthew revealed that the triune God, they work in unity to accomplish the mission. Every one of them fully committed and every one of them interdependent on each other. None of them work outside of each other. None of them have their own agenda. None of them sit here and say, well, that's God's plan. This is my plan. And it's the Holy Spirit's plan. It's God's plan. It's the triune God. And they're all working together to accomplish the mission and the purpose. Isn't that how the church should be today? All working together in unity to accomplish the mission this morning. Not one saying, well, that's the pastor's vision. Not another saying, well, that's the deacon's vision. Not another saying, well, this is my vision. And we should all say, what is God's vision? Where am I in God's vision? Am I fully committed to God's vision this morning? You see, God is always unified fully in his purpose. What is his purpose? To reach the lost. Never forget this morning that you, would you just do this with me? Take your finger this morning, point it to you. You were once lost. Praise God, now we're found. God is always fully unified in purpose. Genesis uh, chapter 1 verse 26 says, then, said, then God said, let us make man in our image after our likeness. We see that the Godhead is always unified. As we're looking to Jesus' baptism, we must be understand this, that we have to be linked up with God the Father. We have to be linked up with God the Son. And we have to be linked up with God the Holy Spirit. You see, Jesus was fully God, laid aside. Do we get that? He laid aside some of the rights of heaven to come down and identify with you and I. To publicly say, hey, I'm going to the cross no matter what. I'm going to fight on every front. I'm never going to give up. You see, Jesus fully God laid aside and limited his rights and limited his privileges as God to fully commit to God's plan. You and us this morning, we must fully commit to God's plan. We must be linked up with God this morning. As our worship team is coming today, we can't live without the Holy Spirit's presence. We can't do the work of God without the presence and the power of the Holy Spirit. We cannot be His witnesses that word witness in the Greek is a person who goes and tells. Every one of you this morning are witnesses. If you have Christ in your heart, if he has changed your life, if he has done some awesome things in your life, which I know he has, you are his witnesses. Thank you for listening. If you'd like to know more about how you can have a relationship with Jesus Christ, or if you have questions about our church, you can email us at info at myrealchurch.org. 
Real Life Community Church is located at 335 Glendon Avenue in Richmond, Kentucky. We invite you to join us for worship Sunday at 1045 a.m. or Wednesday at 7 p.m. Visit us online at myrealchurch.org.